Welcome to my basement, everybody. Woo! It's that time of day again where we are in our basement yeah, recording. It's not a really that exciting. It's no. exciting. Come on. Listen. We always have cool things to talk about. Are you? Are you? Uh, have you recovered from your trip to the big Sony PlayStation Four blowout extravaganza, New York City trip? Uh, I've just, I think, today have fully recovered because I went from the PS4 event to Toronto to have a series of important meetings that I, we can't really talk about. I thought you were there uh, getting some work done. I was getting work done in New York and Toronto. No, some, you know, oh, some, some work, facial work done. Plastic Pe- surgery. People are going to start believing that bullshit if you keep uh, talking about it. I just can't believe how good you look for a man of 74. <laughs> like, you have such a fresh, fresh, dewy skin. No, it is almost uh, bikini season. You were probably there getting waxed. Uh, it, it is a process. And I usually do have to travel 3,000 miles to get waxed properly. <laughs> Where do you go to get waxed? You were alone in a hotel room all weekend. I know this about you. And you were watching House of Cards on Netflix. I was doing a lot of that. I was doing a lot of um, emails yep. and uh, lots of meetings. You were walking around Toronto, you know, trying to understand the meaning of life. And it, Toronto's a great city to do that in. It's fucking freezing in Toronto. Yeah, it's, I've heard. I'm such a wimp in Vancouver, and it gets cold here, oh, too. Oh, it's so cold. But I was freezing. I, I literally, yep. I, I, well, I said this yesterday when we were talking, is I, 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 I walked around for a little while out there because I like to walk and I walk everywhere in Vancouver and uh, I, I turned purple so I was mm-hmm. walking around I had my blonde hair on because I've recently you mean on your face my, uh, your my, face your face turned purple my, my face turned purple so I look like a Dr. Seuss character a little purple character with blonde streak <laughs> of hair that was all windblown and standing straight up so mm-hmm. I must have freaked people out walking around I just got your postcard from New York thank mm-hmm. you that's very thoughtful for yes. you to send me a postcard with the Statue of Liberty and Having fun in New York without me. Meanwhile, <laughs> here I was taking your mom to see Argo, which she did not like. She thought the ending was way too Hollywood. Yeah, let's talk about the Oscars for a second. All here. right. And this uh, fucking Ben Affleck. Oh, all right. I, I like the guy. I think Come he's on. cool. He's a good actor. Uh, I, I mean no disrespect to him and his achievements or whatever. Uh, but, but Argo... Really cut some corners in terms of uh, telling the full story. When you have President Carter, who was around at that time, and yes, <laughs> they they do make him kind of look like a buffoon and sort of like they keep him out of every decision because the CIA knows best, and it's it, it really is like a CIA, uh, uh, you know, sort of love letter, yeah, you know, love letter, or yeah. or some some kind of. Uh, um, World War II uh, promo or something like that. Like, you got to join the CIA because we're so cool. Propaganda, that's the word you're yeah, looking propaganda. for. propaganda. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. I didn't enjoy Argo. I, actually, it took me a while to see it. I wasn't on the, I didn't Carter, get on the first Carter bandwagon they, or the second bandwagon. Yeah, Carter said that they got it all wrong, that they didn't have they enough, did. you know, uh, uh, sort of of a Canadian slant in there with the, the Canadian storytelling and... and uh, uh, the, the team members involved that helped to build the plan. Now, I don't know every intricate detail, but when you have the, um, uh, you know, the ambassador of the house of the guy that everybody stayed in, uh, basically declaring that uh, there were a lot of uh, missteps and a lot of half-truths in the story that Argo tells, and then you've got Jimmy Carter saying the same damn thing. I know. And then it wins the Oscar for Best I Picture, know. and it's all based on a true story, 
And Ben Affleck takes his shirt off for no fucking reason whatsoever. I know. It just, it, all of it just felt distasteful and dishonest. And and uh, <laughs> I love when you act like this on the show because then I just think, well, I, I have all my work is done here. I've got nothing to say. It, I, Vic did it all for me. It just is really. It was. It was weak sauce, man. Yeah. It was weak sauce. You know what I really did? was totally snubbed, and uh, and the Avengers didn't win anything either, so I was fucking pissed. Well, Zero Dark Thirty as well felt very deserving of uh, of more love. And, you you know, I I have to say, when I saw this movie, I felt embarrassed for some of the principles. I felt embarrassed for the... The tagline they keep going back through, back to in the movie, the Argo, fuck yourself. Right. It just felt so like I cringed every time uh, I, I I saw that in the movie or yeah, heard that line. There's a forced quality to it. Yeah, all, they, you it? can tell that they they thought that was clever and funny, and maybe they thought it was going to be more clever and funny yeah. uh, in theory than it turned out to be in practice. Well, remember we felt this way about the town as well. I mean, I, I think Ben Affleck has the chops, but he's being touted as the savior of Hollywood right now, as the smartest director there is. And they're talking to him, you know, and using his name in, in uh, reference to being able to guy that handles the Justice League of America movie. And look, he's absolutely talented and he's absolutely an up-and-comer. He's a player in the business for sure. And we're going to see his movies for a long time. There's no question about it. He does bankable films that people like to go and see. And they're, you know, expertly chopped and... Uh, he's picking interesting stories, and I, he's he's doing all the right things. But there is something phony about the way this all feels, and uh, you know maybe that'll change. Maybe maybe he'll create a film that, well, no, that changes I, my opinion. I think but. that there's a vanity about him, and you know there's there's also something naive about the fact that he puts himself uh, in every scene against up against some of the best actors in the business he's always the worst actor in the room yeah. you know he just can't hold his own against Alan Arkin or Brian Cranston or, or, or Scoot McNary or any of these people you know he just stands there and he just lets his beard do the acting well, in this thing and, and that's he, not enough yeah he just always looks so good you know and, and it's playing against him and I, you can't help but think of Matt Damon what do you mean you think he, he looks you mean he thinks you, you think he's standing there thinking he looks handsome He's like, I look good in this movie. Well, he does. Use the gauzy I mean, he, lens. He is a handsome dude, and he's a big, tall, you know, Hollywood star. And it just feels... He's ripped, too, man. And he's he has to abs. show his body off all the time. Oh. None of that shit bothers me all that much when it's... We should it, take our shirts off on the it, show. It, when it feels less orchestrated and less calculated and less cynical. But it, it does. It does feel... So forced, and remember that he's got the whole sort of chin up scene in the town, and that, that was where you and I just went, "What the fuck is this in here for?" You know. Meanwhile, yeah. um, Matt Damon never puts exercise scenes in his movies. Yeah, and Matt Damon is just—he is consistently incredible in every single thing, and he totally becomes this chameleon. Like all you have to do is is watch uh, um, the talented Mr. Ripley to see the difference between. Matt Damon, not to mention all the Bourne movies, but to see the difference between Ben Affleck and Matt Damon as performers, you know? So our, our choice for, for uh, best movie or, uh, of the year would be Looper, of course. Not even nominated, not even discussed. Not I love even Looper. as an original I, screenplay I, I, or an original concept. I know, it seems, it seems silly for some reason because I can kind of understand why the Academy wouldn't recognize this movie, and then I kind of can't at the same time yeah. because I saw it twice, I loved it, I have the Blu-ray, I can't wait to watch it again. Well, I just think it's a, a masterwork. You know, it's it, it's also just it's kind of slapping in the face uh, at the creative community. You know, it's like don't take risks, don't take risks. We want your costume dramas. You think it's genre you, stuff, right? 
That's what yeah. they think. They dismiss the Avengers and Looper as it's just genres. Like that's pablum for the masses. Yes. But Argo is that's the substance. That's the stuff we're going for. That's the stuff we want to hang our industry on. And, and I think it's horseshit because it's there's something false about it. You're right. Yeah, I agree with you, and I don't often agree with you. Listen, I, I have I don't know. Do you, you have more to say about the Oscars? No, I, I mean, don't really. I, I like Seth MacFarlane. I think he wasn't given any. Uh, Favor. I mean, it did feel a little mean, but that's him. It did feel like a little vehicle for his brand. Um, but that's what you get, you know? I mean, if, if you're going to switch it up. Right? Yeah, right. And I think he, the, you know, the thing that I'll say about Seth MacFarlane is, holy shit, is that guy talented? I mean, he he was doing his own throws to break, you know, saying, coming up next, we're going to have... And he sounded like an announcer. And he did, you know, he did his comedy stuff well. He did the singing and dancing stuff pretty well. Uh, I, you know, I think Seth MacFarlane's kind of a tour de force, but he uh, wasn't helped by this. Like they kept kept constantly bringing up the whole cast of Chicago for no fucking reason whatsoever. It was just, it was just like, okay, there's Catherine Zeta-Jones again. Right. What's going on? What's happening? And it was four hours. So by the end of it, I just wanted to. And I was yeah. stuck in a hotel in, in Toronto. And uh, mesmerized by this thing, I guess that's that's half of what Oscar does is it just mesmerizes you into fucking Oscar. It, it just it's like I guess it stupefies you. You're just sitting there with your mouth hanging open, going, "Wow, they're into four hours of this already." Well, listen, if you really wanted the lowdown on what happened in cinema last year, you had to watch our Rocket and Reagan Awards yes. that you and I shot along with Miri Jedekin and Ben Bolay in Los Angeles, California. Now, we that's aired right. these shows. We made a mistake. <clears throat> We should have aired these shows before the Oscars. That way, they would have gotten all the buzz. They would have stolen all the thunder. Nobody would have watched Jennifer the Oscars. Lawrence. No, everyone yeah. would have said, "Hey, we got all of our winners already. That's we don't right. need Seth MacFarlane. We don't need Jennifer Lawrence. We don't need Jessica Chastain. Absolutely. We got our answers right here." That's right. I, th- I thought the shows were great. Well, it was a really fun shoot. We had never done that before. We had uh, we, we know, drove around it. for about an hour looking for the Hollywood <laughs> sign. <laughs> we did do that, and t- t- it was fun to sit, you know, to be in Hollywood and to talk with these two incredibly intelligent, you know, charming people and and uh, dissect the industry a little bit and from a different vantage point, from the vantage point of. Uh, you know, gamers and, and people that are into this kind of geeky world that we're in right now. Well, you know? people who dismiss a lot of this stuff as pablum, as stuff that's easy to overlook. We don't. We, no. This is the stuff that we celebrate. And I think we did a pretty good job. This was our first crack at trying to do yes. a movie show like this. And I think we actually probably could have stretched it out for one more show. I had so much fun talking to Me those too. guys and talking to you. And you know, it's such a privilege. Is, uh, we have to add a stunt award because the Oscars every year... They've never honored the stunt people. They've never given an award for best stunts. Yeah, you know what? Actually, let's put that out to our listeners. If you have ideas for awards that you'd like to see in our Rocket and Ray Gun movie award shows, by all means, share them with us because you could become famous. We could name this award after you, yeah. the Joe Blow uh, Stuntman Award, I think we should have <laughs> next year. Uh, so uh, be sure to write in and, and go, go to our website and, and log in and, t- and tell us what you think should be in the show next year because this is a, this is a democratic operation that we run here. I have something to point out, Mr. Jones. I have something I want to talk to you about first, but uh, or secondly, but you go ahead first. There was no mention of The Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, what, in what capacity did you hope that it might be? I mean, you saw the, your friend and mine, uh, what's her name? She, she won the Academy Award. Anne Hathaway. 
She won it Everybody for that hates terrible her. I like movie. Her. I think she's good. I don't like her. I, I like her. I'm I, tired I, of her. I know she's got big eyes and and she's she's like an anime character, wide open. But I think she's cool. I think all right. she's a good actor. Okay. But uh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises terrible made all woman. that money. Terrible Catwoman. Nobody. No, she was okay. Terrible. She was just in a in a bloated no fucking silly. Julie Newmar. No, and she was no uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> In fact, there will never be another Michelle Pfeiffer. No. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, the Dark Knight Rises, dismal, um, uh, forgotten Batman experience. Do the Bane voice. Haven't heard it in a while. Well, I think I've, I've lost it a little bit. Mr. Wayne. Mr. Wayne. This bomb will go off. I permit you to sit and watch a four-hour Oscar telecast. Your back is broken. Until your brain melts and I falls from will, your eye socket. I will give you no aspirin. You will stay <laughs> in this hole with a broken back without any ibuprofen. Mr. Wayne, why was the oh. Spider-Man movie with that fake CG lizard better than ours? That was a piece of shit, and it was still more fun than our movie. So listen, uh, I just did something gross. What, you picked your nose? No, I burped into the microphone a little. Oh, man. Did, did you hear that? You're way too comfortable with these people. I had pizza earlier. Sorry, everybody with an earbud in. No, but listen, you I want to talk about something gross, and I don't know okay. if you can relate to this. You oh, probably can't oh. because you're a new dad. All right, what's but happening? But there was a day over the weekend okay yeah it was Is one of those again are we going there again it has nothing to do with poop okay for once we did that last week we don't want to start we didn't do ourselves. any poop last week uh, one of these now days. you're making this into a poop segment right, that's okay. not even one listen okay. i had this moment when i sat down when it was still daylight out yeah and i started playing some of the dlc for dmc devil may cry yeah and all of a Use sudden more acronyms the sun started going down, and I thought, you know what? I got I got other things to do. I got other games to play. I got, you know, I got to make some calls. I should call my mom. Sun went down. I'm like, okay, I can play for one more hour. An hour goes by. Okay, I'm just going to get to the next level. Another hour goes by. You know what? I just have to find the key in this level, and then I'm going to find the secret door, so and you then I'm going to get out and play DMC from. The no, time you not, woke up not from the, the time I woke up, but from a point in the t- in the day in which it was light out to a time when it was dark out, and I couldn't kind of peel myself away, and I hadn't felt the gravity of a game like that, and in a long time, and it wasn't just the gravity of the game. There was something I felt so greasy and terrible about myself, and I couldn't yet I couldn't stop doing this, even though I knew that I had passed the point of uh, you know of saturation. I I passed the point of this really even being any fun, and it kind of well, shifted into a compulsive kind we of behavior. We just have to finish sometimes, man. And I, I just kept I going. I get that. I get that. I, I don't know where it came from. Like, I haven't felt it in so long. It's so easy for me to be in control of myself and to yeah. say, listen, I know what's good as, as a mature man. I know what's good and what's bad about these things that we consume. And some of these things can be dangerous. Yeah. Some of these things, you can get a little taste and Shit. suddenly hours go Borderlands by. did that to us. Metal Gear 3 did that to me. Uh, I, I haven't felt that way in a long time. And, I, and it wasn't... Every, I Assassin's Creed is like that. I At the end of it, you just feel bad about yourself. I felt you can't terrible about these guys. But this is the thing I don't understand is why do we feel bad about ourselves? Because there was part of me, this is the debate that's going on in my head. I kept thinking, just let yourself have this moment. Yeah. Because what you're doing in this moment is you're kind of giving your brain a vacation from the rest of your life and yeah. the rest of your problems sure. and the things that worry you and yes. the anxieties you have. That's what video games provide. And then there was this, it was like an angel devil. Then the uh, angel on my shoulder would say, get a hold of yourself. I'm taking off my white glove one finger at a time and I'm going to slap you across the face with it. <laughs> 
pull your shit together. This is no way for a person to behave. And yet I kept playing and I kept playing. And finally, I just got to a point where I had to, I just shut it off and I had to like almost violently pull myself away and try to calm down and try to go to bed. Yeah. But I didn't like, well, I I mean, that is the addictive quality of this entertainment about video games, you know? And, uh, I think everybody that's listening to this podcast can relate to that. And I think everybody that's listening to this podcast probably goes through their life trying to find balance with the way that they consume this stuff. Because anybody that plays video games knows that it is the most compelling entertainment that humankind has ever created. But I, I wouldn't even say that I was having fun through all of it. No, okay? but I mean, I'm, I'm trying it, to really understand what happens here. I don't think you have fun when you binge a show either. Like if you, if you go all the way through Battlestar Galactica in three yeah. or four days... It's kind of awful. It is. Same thing. We just did that with House of Cards on yes. Netflix. It kind of felt awful at certain junctures. Yeah, because you're just yeah. dealing with, you know, this uh, roller coaster of emotions. There is is trying to be told in a story that stretches out over many hours, and you're just consuming it all in one big gulp like that. And that's not the way the makers of this material intended. Books can do the same thing. Well, you know? that's not true. I mean, Netflix intentionally marketed this to be well, binged, consumed. I mean, what they're realizing is that everybody is doing that. And I think games <laughs> are very analogous to seasons of television shows. I felt exactly the same when I finished Metal Gear Solid 3 as I did when I finished watching the DVDs of the 24 seasons that I used to watch back I, then. I, I wish that I felt... I guess that's the thing is is the takeaway, and I, I wonder about these entertainments with quotation marks around them. Sometimes is why do we feel the way we feel when we're done with them, when we're yeah. done consuming them? Because I, I would you would think you'd be elated and you'd feel this sense of wonder and awe, but most of the time I just feel exhausted and greasy. Right. You know, and it's like, like when I finish binging on The Walking Dead or when I finish my DMC marathon on Sunday. That's not always the case though. Sometimes like, like when you finish Eco and it's only uh, a ten hour game or something. That's rare. That never happened. That hardly ever happened. Or even a God of War game. Those games aren't especially long. Mostly I'm glad they're over, frankly. Well, with Eco and Prince of Persia, The Sands of Time as well, I felt this sadness. I felt like, oh, this world, I don't want to leave it. I want to stay here. I absolutely felt that even though I was in that world for way too long with Red Dead Redemption. You know, especially because the ending is sad too, but the... uh, I felt morose. Like, I was riding around on my horse going back and talking to people that I, I wanted to spark up new conversations with and, and recalibrate with Got them. anything for me? Yeah, and it was... My life uh, is empty without you. It was weird. No, but I that's, that's rare. That's like 1% of the stuff well, that we consume. Well, most of the stuff we don't want to finish, you know, you know truthfully. Mo- uh, yeah, most of it is, is, a, is a chore and a yeah. slog to get through. You know, Far Cry 3, you finish, and it has a controversial ending, so we're not going to get into that, but the... Uh, why not? It's been months. Get into it. No, no, no. Too. It's, uh, it was, uh, not, yeah, I felt I was, good. I felt good at Far Cry 3. I felt that that was a nice, meaty, huge, full course of a meal, and then I put it away. But it's honored. We uh, wanted, I wanted more, yeah, yeah right. when I was done. And there's a, there's a, a, <laughs> a sadness at the end of that But game be honest, well. at the end of almost every game, yeah. you send me a text, and you're like, it, it became a job at the end. Oh, fuck, yeah. I remember uh, <laughs> Dead Space 2, especially because I played it Yeah, you it were wrong. so mad. I was just furious. Yeah. Kind of I, was, I turned it into an action thing, and I wanted to kill everybody. Running and from checkpoint The developers checkpoint. explained, no, no, they just wanted you to run from those dudes. But I was, like, stopping and trying to kill them and f- constantly fumbling with my bullets and turning around slowly and I was I was so mad I did kill everybody and finally blast my way through that game but it was 
It was so hard to do that. I wish I had known I could have just run. I, yeah, I have a hard. I still have a hard time doing that. It's something I feel like I learned from Doom in the early '90s. Like mm-hmm. you leave every motherfucker in a room dead, mm-hmm. and you don't leave until there's corpses everywhere. And the idea of just running through and leaving some people behind, just like I don't have the ammunition or the time to deal with that person. Dude, I, I wish we could make. I, I wish we had the time and the budgets to make more stories like this because I think this is an interesting concept that you've just brought up here. I think the idea of how do you end a video game from the developer's perspective and from the player's perspective and the discussion uh, about the best game endings would be fascinating. Well, let's do it. Why don't we make it a segment on reviews or EP and celebrate you know, the 10, the 15 best game endings of all time. Wow. And, then and, we can, and also the addictive quality, like what what hooks us? Why do we like Borderlands? I mean, remember our first kick at it, and we reviewed it. It's like, nah, you just get a lot of guns, yeah. and the, the, the shooting is not slow great. burn. And, yeah. But then we kept going back for DLC, and we became completely fucking addicted to the point of like that's what our weekends were. And we finished every single thing to do with that game, and I still wanted more. You know, maybe it's a good thing when we are, even though you wind up not feeling great, when you're seduced and overwhelmed by an entertainment, maybe it's kind of a small miracle. I'll tell you what it is. Maybe it's an amazing thing. It is is an amazing thing, and what makes it so amazing, and also what makes us feel so gross, is there's so much. And maybe what this next generation of machines because of prices and costs and and uh you know market fluctuations maybe there won't be quite so much maybe our two play piles won't be stacked I'm quite as high that. as they've been so when we get hooked on these things and we go all the way to the end and finish them that feeling of anxiety that we're wasting time won't be because we're facing a stack of the next week's work you know it will be more about no we are sitting and and uh you know savoring this which is you know quite honestly i think the way that most players enjoy video games because they don't see and review every single thing like we do you know i think that that uh, anxiety we that we feel. <laughs> it's true. We consume seasons of TV shows. We consume video games from start to finish. We see at least two movies a week and yeah. review them f- yeah. in some formal capacity. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> nobody and, and, fucking does this many No, nobody does. I mean, we, we this is a, ridiculous. We have a very unique situation here. And the other thing that we feel is this immense guilt whenever we get hooked on something that we've already reviewed because we're not supposed to play that anymore. We're supposed to be playing what's coming up soon, and, and you have to kind of turn that stuff off and move on. And uh, that that always sucks, man, because, uh, you know, sometimes you just can't give it up. It's like you can't quit it. You know what? After having this talk, I, I don't feel so shameful well, about every, what happened on Sunday. Every one of us. You're, you're I don't with, feel as alone. You're with your people. You, you've, uh, you've, yeah. uh, you've got the... Uh, uh, the game ending anonymous group right here. <laughs> All of us have felt this. Man. So listen, going forward in your lives, just please game and consume television shows responsibly. That is the message of today's podcast. And, you know, and honestly, like I, I do think about that all the time because our, our content is so focused on, te- you know, escapism and giving people options and ideas for lots of great ways to entertain themselves. But yeah, truthfully, you have to find balance because that's the only way you really appreciate this stuff. You got to get out. You got to go on bike rides and go into the woods yeah. and hang with friends and meet some ladies. Absolutely. That I mean, honestly, th- that's when you really start to 
get the most out of these experiences. You know, you, <laughs> it's kind of true. I'll you, tell you that the best gaming I do is when, you know, I spend some time with some friends or some or my girlfriend or something, and then I go home and I get an hour of gaming in, yeah. and that hour is it feels like, like a gold. Gift. Yeah, and you yeah. feel like okay, I've had my hum- human contact. Yeah. Now I'm going to go back to indulging this little world that I adore, and it feels like such a gift, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah, and I, you know what? I really want to hear from people. I want to hear about their experiences with ending games. And uh, I can't you know, believe that I, I got to talk about this in such an honest capacity. I, I, really, I really appreciate the forum. And I want to hear people talking about the balance in their lives. Are they finding balance, or are they just consumed with you know making the money so that they can afford their hobby of playing games and escaping into games? Because I really don't think that's a healthy way to live. You know, yeah. or movies, or books, or TV shows, or whatever. You, you, you need a bit of everything. You need the buffet man life is rich and there's so many cool things to enjoy out there yeah and people are the most important part of that whole equation so listen your mom just uh, poked her head around the corner she said the grilled cheeses are ready if i want to go upstairs awesome speaking of people let's go hang with my mom and eat grilled cheese all right all right all right on a t-shirt too (laughs) stitcher (laughs) yeah and you can uh, also subscribe on itunes and and, uh, we really really appreciate your tweets and your feedback and uh, keeping this conversation going and uh you know and, and hey you know what we should do let's have a listener on as a guest that's a fucking awesome idea. Why not? Somebody write to us. Tell us why we should have you on, and we'll put you on the oh show. Oh, my God. That's good. All right. Two great ideas from Scott Jones. That's it for the week. What's <laughs> only- fully two fucking ideas yeah. I had since I moved here? Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.